Welcome to Keep Sweet, the Positive World Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Gonzalez. And on today's episode, I have a wonderful interview with an author, debut author, that I cannot wait to share with you guys. And with me today in the studio, aka the living room, with me, I have the wonderful... Oh, yeah, your husband, Matt Tolbert. (laughs) Matt, what's going on with you this week? Well, I, on Friday, I'm going to Texas. Ooh. I'm going to be on a plane for the first time. I'm going to see all my unvaccinated family. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a trip. Oh, no. And also, like, with that whole new Delta variant out running around. Well, I'm not flying Delta. I'm flying Southwest. <laughs> oh, he's got jokes. That was so fast. You're never one funny or two that fast. Oh my gosh. I think the listeners would beg to disagree. <laughs> yes, you are sometimes funny, but not never that deliberately, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you really have that ready. Anyway, the Delta variant is out there. Your family's unvaccinated. I'm a little bit even worried for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically we we did get the Pfizer shot and that one has the most protection so far from the Delta variant. Sure. So that's good. Um, but still worry. Don't bring home the Delta variant to me. I know. Don't Not on my birthday. That. Yeah. So I land right before basically your birthday party. So I don't want that to be a super spreader oh, event. No, that's the last thing I need is my husband turning my birthday party into a super spreader event. So, I mean, I guess that's what's going on with me this week is it's my birthday. Yeah, how exciting. I'm so excited. Last year was a bummer, but this year we get to have a birthday party. Yeah. And I get to see all my friends. So I'm really cool. I mean, not really cool. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And then I'm also excited because we booked our trip to Hawaii, which is insane. Oh, my gosh. We'll be talking about that for the next 10 episodes. Oh, more than that. For the next 100 episodes, all you're going to hear about is our trip to Hawaii. I'm so excited. We're going to to Jurassic Park. We're (laughs) going to go to Jurassic Park and ride some ATVs around. Hashtag mask. And then we're going to go to a luau, maybe. (gasps) Maybe. And then we're going to go on the beach uh, every day, all day. Except for not you, because you burn and you can't be in the sun. But I will be on the beach. Oh, okay. What if you do a podcast episode in Hawaii? I don't know how to do that. But, I mean, I could do it. It'd just be like low quality. So, audience, if you want that, let me know. We could put all this in a bag. No, we can't. I'm not paying to check a bag. Okay, all right. That's how they get you with them fees. And I don't do fees, so... And that's on... And that's on what's going on with us this week. What's going on with you guys? Let us know. Keepsweetpodcast at gmail.com or comment on TikTok. Ooh, okay. It is a little later at night than we are used to. Matt, what was your... I know that everyone listening is going to want to know what your alcoholic beverage is tonight. Wow. I am having a White Claw watermelon flavor. Ooh, we... (laughs) Definitely my favorite flavor. Of course. We know Matt and watermelon. Oh, yeah. Last Match week was a heaven. watermelon jalapeno margarita. No, everyone knows watermelon is your favorite flavor. Okay. Tell me what's your flavor. What is that from? Is that Fanta? Like, what's your favorite flavor? I don't, I don't I'm don't pretty sure it's Fanta. Fanta. Remember the Fanta girls? Mm-hmm. And then they had that Fanta Love boy them. that one time. Sure. Remember? No, but sure. Okay, so moving on to today's good news story for everyone. And I absolutely love this story. I want to see more of this type of thing. And we're going to talk about it. So 
headline is McKinsey Scott donates $2.7 billion to 286 organizations to, quote, empower the voices the world needs to hear. If anyone, it's her. Like, she's, like, the only billionaire doing good in the world, so I'm here for it. Can you imagine giving away? Okay, so wait, let's read some more. Uh, she announced today that she's donating this money to equity-oriented nonprofits working in areas that have been neglected, that advance humanitarian efforts. Uh, she wrote a Medium post talking about something. I don't know what seeding the seeding means. I guess that was the title of the post. Uh, da, 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 da. But she says this is this is her third round of the no strings attached philanthropic gifts she has made so this is basically just grant money you know just giving it to these organizations arts organizations and other anti-racist organizations and she did sign the giving pledge which is the pledge that a few people signed where she plans to give the majority of her wealth during her lifetime she plans to give it away she currently has around a net worth of around 60 billion dollars and so she has already given away $8 billion since she got divorced. However, her net worth has still increased because a lot of her net worth is tied up in Amazon stock and the stock price, of course, has soared. So even after giving away $8 billion, she still has more money. Isn't that insane? That's pretty, pretty, I want to be in that position. I mean, don't we all? Way to go, Mackenzie Scott. So what do you think about that? What do you think about McKinsey donating to these organizations? That's really great. I also would love to see her like actually being, you know, boots on the ground and get her hands dirty and volunteer somewhere. That'd be nice Ooh, yeah. to see. Kind of like a, like a Princess Diana, you know? Sure. Like we really saw her in the trenches working. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice. She, you know, wrote some checks, which of course, I mean, I don't want to discount that whatsoever. But mm-hmm. I, I like could definitely people, use some checks. I like to see people getting their hands a little dirty. Sure. And, you know, if I can apply for a McKinsey Scott grant, someone please drop me that link because your boy could use that money for some awesome things. I'm just saying. Maybe even the podcast. McKinsey Scott sponsored. So. McKinsey Scott's Positive World Podcast. Positive World, yeah. I, I will change rename it. I will change it. It's hosted by me still, but it is the McKinsey Scott Positive World Podcast. I will do that in a heartbeat. Just send me on over $1 billion, and we are all good. That's all it costs. Love that. Or anyone listening, if you have a billion dollars and you want the podcast to be named after you, send it on my way. And that is today's good news story. Let's hopefully see a lot more billionaires giving away a lot of their money because... They don't really need it. They don't need all that money. She could give away 90% of her money and still live an amazing life, like not be able to spend all of her money. So more billionaires, give away your money, please. The arts, especially in this country, can use it. And now for today's interview. Hey, guys, please welcome today's podcast guest, author Daniel Aleman. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm so excited to have you. Uh, please introduce yourself to everyone. Of course. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am the author of Indivisible, which is a young adult novel that just came out about a month and a half ago. 
And it is a story about a Mexican-American teenager in New York City who is left to take care of his young sister after their parents are taken away by immigration officials. So it is a novel that is emotional. It is, um, you know, it's about friendship. It's about family. It's about going after your dreams. And I, it's been such a wild journey, but a really, really exciting journey. Ah, yes. And I just want to thank you right up top for writing this book. Um, it, I don't see myself or people like me in books all that often. And this person was so much of me. Like he, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, he's Mexican. He lives in New York. He, he wants to be an actor and is an actor and has this off-Broadway dream and Broadway dream. And it's just like, I could not relate anymore with the character. And it was such a thrilling experience to finally get that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to start with where this inspiration for writing, where this love of writing came from and where you discovered or found out that you could be an author. Like that is something you could do. Of course. Well, I would say I've been a storyteller my whole life. So ever since I can remember, I think my first stories were in fact drawings and I would make little drawings on a piece of paper when I was very little and I would tell my mother the stories behind those drawings. And I went on to write short stories by the time I was like seven or eight years old. And I was writing full-length novels by the time I was a teenager. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you little prodigy over here. It's just, it's something that I've always done. It's something that I, I can't remember ever choosing to be a writer. It's something that always has been almost something I need to do. And I did have in the back of my mind, you know, this dream of being a published author one day. And I remember even at a very young age, I used to go into a bookstore and look at all the books and be like, one day this could be my book. Um, And I think for the longest time, I just did it for myself. And, you know, for that reason of just needing to do it and feeling like it was just very much a part of me just being able to express myself through words and through stories. And then I think I started pursuing writing more seriously uh, when I was in college. And that's when I started mm-hmm. to, to think about finding a literary agent and really putting my work out there. Yeah. yeah. Do you mind actually kind of quickly outlining that that process? Because that's something that is new to me that I had no idea was this process of, you know, you say you started to take it more seriously and you're going to find a literary agent. So can you take us through the step-by-step process of writing to published author, if you don't mind? Of course. Well, for those of us, uh, those people listening who may not know you, if you want to be a traditionally published author, which means getting published with a major publishing house, you first need a literary agent because That is the way to get your work in front of editors. You can't really submit to publishers on your own. And so that always has to be the first step, finding an agent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has a different journey, but it can be a very, very tough thing to do. I know for myself, I started sending out my first book to literary agents and I got zero interest. 
Like there were no people who wanted to read more. There were no nothing. No. And then I wrote a second. And sadly, novel. that seems to be the norm. Everyone 100%. like that he is doing exactly everything correct so far. A hundred percent. That that is the the case for I would say the vast majority of of writers. And then I I wrote a second book and I started to get a little you know more interest and and when agents want to see more they typically ask to see a partial manuscript or a full manuscript and then they decide mm-hmm. whether they want to represent you or not. Um, with the second book, I got a little bit farther, but still it didn't happen. And then with the mm-hmm. third book, I got really, really close. I got a lot of interest from agents. I got really close to signing with uh, one agent that I really was very enthusiastic about working with. And in the end, it didn't work out. And that rejection was mm-hmm. the most heartbreaking rejection I think I've ever received in my life. But then the mm-hmm. week after literally one week after I started writing Indivisible and that happened so quickly you know after years and years of rejections I sent the book out and all of a sudden I had four offers from agents amazing a hundred percent and then I got to choose who I wanted to work with and once you know once you've signed with your agent that is when you submit the book to publishers. And again, we were lucky enough to have multiple editors interested and um, yeah, different offers from from publishers. Yay, that is amazing. And also just shows like, you know, how much in a lot of industries, but also in the arts, especially how much perseverance you need, because it's going to be a long road of rejection. Like rejection is going to be the norm. And you're just going to have to learn how to deal with that, grow from that, totally face it head on. And you did. And now Indivisible is on bookshelves everywhere, in stores everywhere. Pick up your copy. <laughs> everywhere books are sold. Please consider buying from an independent bookstore. Okay. So this story of Indivisible is obviously something that is not out there. Where did you get the inspiration for this specific story? Like, where does Mateo come from? And, 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 Tell us a little bit more about what this specific story means to you. Of course. Well, I think you said it so nicely earlier when you said, you know, you didn't get to see yourself reflected in in books and in media in general as a queer Latino. And I felt that was very much the case for me as well. And mm-hmm. I, you know, for my first few books, I wasn't writing queer characters, really. I wasn't writing Latinx characters. I... With Indivisible, that was the first time that I really set out to write a character that was similar to me. And I wanted to write him in a way that felt like I was truly portraying a mirror of myself um, in many ways, of my emotions, of my dreams, of my family, my friendships. And that was kind of where this character came from, just out of this desire to to portray myself on the page. And also... Um, my family and I, we left Mexico over a decade ago. And so immigration is something that is very close to my heart. It's something I think about often. And I wanted to write a story about immigrant characters that portrayed them in a way that felt fresh and just different. And that also, uh, you know, came from a very human place and a very compassionate place which is something I feel we don't often get to see when we talk about immigration. Mm -hmm. And that is just 
what sparked this story idea. I love it. And yeah, the, the humanization of the people in the immigration process in this specific story is what really makes it shine, I think, and like really makes it so important and unique because wherever else we get our immigration system stories, whether that be movies or media or whatever, we haven't gotten to see a lot of the actual humans that get caught up in it unfairly and unjustly. And I just think obviously like an editor reading this book is obviously like, Oh, this is, we, this is the one we need. So I'm very glad to hear that you had uh, competing offers because it deserved it. Oh, thank you. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I also want to talk a little bit about, I love in this story what you did with, the friendships that Mateo has. It's just so nuanced and complicated and wonderful. You know, he has these best friends, but, you know, he's scared to tell him this thing, but he shouldn't be because they're his best friends. But obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. And especially at that age, you know, he's a teenager. He's going through a lot of other things. And it's just so so brilliant like where did you get that inspiration or that technique to write that i don't i can't even explain it i don't know i'm sounding dumb <laughs> here, so it. make me sound smart please <laughs> well i would say i i wanted the story to feel real and true um to some of my experiences and i think both as an immigrant and as a gay author, I have not always felt like I can come into spaces and be 100% myself. And that is just something so interesting to think about, because you would think, you know, that that this would be true of unknown spaces of, you know, you walk into a new school, and you can't be yourself, but it can also happen in your friendships, you can also have these lingering fears in the back of your mind of what if I show them this side of me and they don't like it and what if i try to be fully myself and and people change the way they see me and that is something that i wanted to explore in this character and ultimately you know this isn't really a spoiler but ultimately he does find acceptance and he does find love in his community and in his relationships and his friendships but I just wanted to to really consider how tough it can be sometimes, mm-hmm. especially coming from a diverse background, to uh, be fully yourself. Yeah, I love that so much. Thank you. Also, you've lived in New York for a little while, yes, right? Yes, my family. Yes. Okay. Question. Did you ever... Were you ever like a theater person or went to auditions or anything like that? Because the opening scene hit me in my gut so very hard because I have been in that exact situation at least 10 times. Oh my God. Like at least like been in line at an audition, struck up a conversation with someone next to me and they're like, "Mm, I don't know if they're looking for ethnics. Like that has happened. That That happens. And you hit that so perfectly. I was like, is he an actor? I am not. Funny enough, I am not. But it is something that I have had in the back of my mind just my whole life, I guess. And I've just never had the opportunity to pursue it or to get formal training. 
but it mm-hmm. is something that I think a lot of Latinx people experience, especially in the arts in various different ways. And so that mm-hmm. just felt like a very, um, like a very natural way to begin the story and to show how this character interacts with his world and how, you know, how these horrible situations can and do happen. I was just, I was literally just aghast. I don't know if that's the right word, but because like I'm five pages into this book and it's like, you are writing my life. (laughs) And I was just like, how did he do this? It was incredible. You did mention that like, you know, you haven't had time to pursue this and what or the acting part of whatever. I think maybe you should. Like you seem to get a handle on how the business runs. I think you should. I give my sample of, of I give my stamp of approval. Oh, thank you. I cannot speak. <laughs> Go do it. Just like how I am randomly wrote a book and am waging into this publishing world. I would love your thoughts and like your advice on people who to people who are like writing a book and like want to maybe be a published author, especially as a Latinx person trying to do the publishing route. Totally. Well, I think the first thing you got to do is try it. Um, and a lot of people, it's funny enough because the number one step to becoming a, an author, a published author, is to write. And some people are like, oh, how dare you say that? How dare you ask me to write? And that is, and that is just it. You got to sit down. You got to write. And at first, you may find, you know, it may really depend on how, um, how good your, you know, your abilities are naturally. I, for one found that mm-hmm. my my talent developed over a very long period of time. And at first I wasn't good at all. And I became good. But had I not tried and had I not put in all that work into multiple manuscripts, I wouldn't have gotten to a place where I can become a published author. So I do think the number one thing is just to sit down and write uh, without judging yourself, really, and without the expectation that this will be great or without the expectation that this will be terrible, just write and let someone else do the judging, share it with a friend, share it with, um, you know, you can, you can seek the help of a professional editor. Um, I would also say you got to read a lot. Um, if you, depending on the genre that you want to break into, um, if you want to break into young adults, if you want to break into thrillers, you know, whatever it may be, you should ideally read as much as you can in that genre because you do grow a lot as a writer from seeing what other people are doing and how they're doing it. And you also get to understand what types of stories are being told. Um, and you can either choose to do something mm-hmm. similar to what's already out there, which is great because there's already obviously a market for it. Or you can identify mm-hmm. a gap and you may say, this story hasn't been told before and I want to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I hope you just empowered somebody to go out there and write. You empowered me. I'm going to go write another another yes, manuscript and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I love it. And especially because I want... You know, we are seeing a shift in every single industry, but also mm-hmm. the publishing industry. We are getting a lot more diverse voices and authors on bookshelves. And so I I am very excited for hopefully to see a lot, lot more Latino stories and Black stories and then just like queer stories about all different kinds. Like, uh, 
I, I, I can't wait. And your book is one of the pioneers totally. of that. What are some next goals for you or like a next project or anything like that? Of course. I mean, we know acting, obviously. We just covered that. <laughs> well, I I have yet to see about the acting. I really, I okay. do want to try it. It's It's the kind of thing that I feel like if I don't do it when I'm 80, I'm going to look back and think, dang, I should have, I should have tried that. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think it's worth taking a risk. And just as I did with publishing, you know, you face rejection, you face failure. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, nothing really happens. Nothing bad happens. Like you learn yeah. from failure and you learn from rejection. And I will say like, the industries are incredibly similar. Like whenever I, I would not have been able to get as, so for those who don't know, I think everyone on the audience knows I wrote a manuscript over 2020, got a literary, got a literary agent and we are currently submitting to publishers and then getting great feedback. So it's going well, but I would have never been able to do that as quickly had I not already had all the experience being an actor where it's basically the same formula and process. Like you have your talent and your gig that you do. I need an agent to represent me and send me out for auditions. And it's the same process. So like, I love that. And even, you know what, it's funny because I do think even writing and acting can intersect because when you're writing, Mm -hmm. you are portraying, you know, characters, you are getting into the head of a character and you're expressing, you know, so many different things about their lives, about their emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, You're delivering dialogue, um, even if it's in writing. And Mm -hmm. so I do think it's super interesting how, how those two worlds are, are very different, but also very similar at the same time. It's, it's storytelling, different mediums, but storytelling. A hundred percent. And in terms of um, future projects, I am Mm -hmm. working on, well, I just delivered actually my second novel, which is still. What does that mean? You just delivered. So I delivered the manuscript. It's the first draft. So it still needs to go through Mm -hmm. editing. I'm waiting on reactions and notes from my editor, which can be such a, you know, like such a nerve wracking process. Um, Mm -hmm. but hopefully if all goes well, I will be editing that book this summer and then it'll be coming out in fall of next year. So fall 2022. And I'm also secretly working on my third book, um, while I wait for notes. Get the Um, scoop here (laughs) on the podcast. We got the scoop third book already. I have not told anybody this really, but (gasps) I am working on my third book and it's going to be... Well, I, I'm not sure yet that it's going to, you know, make it to publication, Sure, but yeah. um, it is very different from the first two books. The first two books are more, you know, emotional stories. They're mm-hmm. the kind of stories that make you reflect and cry. And this third book is a lot more, it's more of a thriller. It's more of a mystery. It's, it's, it's starring a gay Latino character, um, which again, I feel like we don't get to see a lot of, I, I can't, we don't. Yeah. And I think that, you know, diversity should, we should get diverse characters across all different genres, all different types of stories. And I think thriller is one that I haven't really seen yet. And that is something that I, 
I'm starting to explore. I'm only just starting to work on it, but I'm very excited mm-hmm. about that project. I'm excited for you too. That sounds like the thriller genre is something that, I mean, I'm, I don't think I can write still to this day. I don't think I, I'm a writer, but thriller sure is something that write. <laughs> thriller is something that I don't think I could ever because you have to stay like three steps ahead of your audience and like actually concoct this like maze and puzzle that keeps them guessing. And that just sounds like a lot of work and talent that okay. I do not have. It feels like a natural next step for me because I I am a very obsessive like outliner like I love plotting my mm-hmm. stories from start to finish before I even start writing them so that is something that not all authors do some authors are you know more exploration writers and they just set out with a premise and they see where the story ends up um, and for me I I just love just knowing everything from the start and that is something that I think is key to thrillers because you gotta know all the mm-hmm all the pieces of the puzzle. And mm-hmm. that is why I'm really excited to try it. Ah, that is so cool. I'm so excited for you taking on that challenge and fingers crossed. It goes well. And your second book as well. Thank I'm you. Over here cheering for you. We all are. Congratulations on your debut indivisible everywhere. Books are sold. Consider <laughs> buying from an independent bookstore. And where can people find you? Like, do you want to be found online? I do want to be found. Instagram? I want to be found on Twitter at Dan underscore Aleman. That's A-L-E-M-A-N. Or on Instagram at Dan Aleman. Um, or you can visit me on my website, which is just my name, DanielAleman.com. Yay. And those will all be linked uh, in the episode description for everyone to check out. Go follow him. Pick up Indivisible. Be on the lookout for more queer Latinx characters from Daniel. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And that was today's interview with Daniel Aleman. And I'm just so honored to have him on. He's such a great inspiration, especially his perseverance to get that book published. The publishing industry is a little nutso and it's hard to get through there. So good on him for getting through there. Excited for what's next for him. And Matt, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the publishing industry? On the public? I mean, I only hear things from you. And so that's just like book Twitter all day, every day. <laughs> oh uh, no, I've been exposed. And people on Twitter are mad, y'all. So... <laughs> I hope I hope they get it together. <laughs> that's all I know. Yeah, that's all you but know. But you should definitely check out. But you should definitely check out Daniel's book. That's all you know is publishing needs to get it together, <laughs> or they have it two together. No, no, Think they need about to, that. No, they need to get it together, <laughs> and hopefully they will. We do see change coming down the pipe, and hopefully, is it down the pipe or down the pike? I don't understand mm. what that phrase is. Normally, that's your problem. You don't know uh, figures of speech. Coming down the pipe. Whatever it is, probably I hope. Pipe. Probably pipe. We'll, we're going to say pipe. Um, hopefully, we see the change coming down the pipe, and it happens because we desperately need it. So, thank you all so very much for listening to this this crazy, wild podcast. We are now at episode, what, I think this is episode 16, and we still have so many people listening to every single episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Instagram at Keep Sweet Pod. Feel free to email me good news stories or guests that you want to have on, any other authors or whatever at keepsweetpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me voice memos to put on the show. No one has done that yet. That's the one thing no one has done yet. Send me a voice memo. So feel free to do so if you want to. And I don't know. Have a great rest of your week. We're all making it through. It is the summertime. We got the 4th of July coming up here in America, in America. Go see in the Heights. And as always, keep sweet.